Family meeting after 10. Welcome to Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. It's the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. I assume there's more to that song, but... Uh, um, There is, but I don't know it. Well, because it's not the part that they would use in uh, Arrested Development. No, it's not yeah. at all. Or like sporting events. Sure. Or like I'm using videos on the internet. <laughs> uh, really not... Not a song that is uh, celebrated as a whole. Right. Yeah. Uh, unlike Peaky Blinders... That was a reach. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a reach. It was, uh, yeah. Well, but before we start the recap, uh, brief show announcement. Yes. Uh, we have some traveling coming up the next two weekends. So we are going to take a two-week summer break between this episode and our coverage of Series 2 of Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. So our next new episode will be uh, available on August the 2nd. Yes. So we're sorry. We know. We know. Yeah. We know. Um, yeah, but if you're a newer listener, that's a great chance to catch up on some of our back catalog. Uh, what are some of our favorites that we've done? Uh, either room with a view. That's true. That's a great one. Really great ones. Um, Parade Zen is a bit of a, an investment. Yeah. Those were really good episodes. Um, Titanic. I mean, we did three episodes for James Cameron's Titanic. Yeah. Not Titanic, Blood and Steel, no. for the love of God. Avoid that one. Don't do that. Titanic was good. Even uh, going way back to Manor House. Manor House was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Ruthie got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, uh, Titanic, The Legend Goes On. Right. Was a great one. That, that had a guest. That was fun. Yeah. And uh, also, I was just thinking of something else that we did with uh, with Natasha. Doctor Who. Oh, Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah, for those of you who continue to write to us and ask us to cover <laughs> Doctor Who, we did cover one episode of Doctor Who. That's right. Uh, a while back. Yeah. It was the Wasp and the Unicorn. <laughs> Man, I wish we could retroactively go back and insert the Duchess <laughs> into that episode. That would have been nice. Anyway, uh, yeah, so there's plenty to catch up on either on our podcast or you can check out baldmove.com. There's a ton of awesome stuff. I've been guesting on uh, Orange is the New Cast over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are recaps of Orange is the New Black, obviously. Uh, so you can check those out. Uh, they have, you know, The Walking Dead. They have Game of Thrones. They have whatever the hell else is on right now. Yeah, just everything everything you might want. Yeah, they've, everything they've that we it. don't do. <laughs> right. Except for they don't do Doctor Who yet. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, but there's a ton of great stuff there. So we have tried our best to mitigate our absence for you. <laughs> And in the meantime, we're not absent yet. Yeah, we're here. We're uh, going to talk about Peaky Blinders. You're probably already used to that. Right. Uh, you know, this this final episode, what could happen when everything seemed to be resolved? Well, we start out back the old Chinese laundry. Uh, we see uh, the guy. What, we know his name. It's Mr. Zhang, Zhang, I think. It is, yeah. But it's not revealed what his name is until almost the end of this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he is brushing his teeth as the rooster crows and looking at the hags of his suits. And I'm just like, ah, yes, working from home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a gate squeaks and Zhang looks to see who's coming in and then runs away. It's Sam Neill. And he just starts poking around and everything. I need a suit. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I came here to buy a toothbrush. Your impression yeah, no, of I, Samuel I has started to really veer into JFK territory. <laughs> no, I, I could feel it happening and I can't. Well. Yeah, we're worried, guys. Actually, we're worried <laughs> because when we, we did the show notes for this, 
uh, like five days ago and we were losing our Sam Neill impression. Yeah. And it's like, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Did so. he cast a spell? <laughs> I said, God, now no, I'm no, doing no, it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I've been impersonating your father. Like that's pretty. Yeah, that was yeah. Okay. getting there. All right, we're just gonna look, guys. Just know we're not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll this we'll also work on this during our yeah break. during our break. We're you know we're driving for six hours somewhere. There's so just, gonna just be... in the car, we're gonna have you know talk like Sam Neil tapes. Well, there's gonna be a whole getting it done montage of us going Grace, Grace, <laughs> Grace. We'll get the bastards before last night's bear turns to piss. That wasn't bad. Yeah, that's okay. that was All definitely right. okay. <laughs> this is a relief. That'll be the lead into our montage. Yeah. Anyway, Sam Neil calls for service, and Zhang is like, Service! <laughs> we don't open for two more hours, dude. And then Sam Neil sighs and announces that it's the police. This is an abuse of his power. It very much. Is. You should yeah. do that to people. Look, people in the service industry have it hard enough. Particularly as we will discover this service industry. <laughs> yeah. Zhang asks if there's any trouble, and Sam Neil awkwardly explains that he knows that the laundry is also a brothel, etc., you know. Yeah, he wants to get his broth on. <laughs> I'm here to broth. There we go. I got it back. Yeah, nailed it. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, then, uh, Red Right Hand kicks in, and Killian walks very warily into the garrison. He walks warily everywhere, I suppose. That's true. No, and it is so weird, because this episode picks up like nothing happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it almost feels like it could be, like, the next series. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It is. Uh, Killian tells Arthur, who's fallen asleep at his desk, to wake up and get his kit and weapons. Arthur asks why. Killian says, we're doing it today. He bangs on the door and then shouts up to Charlie to fetch the wagons. He then pulls the cover off of the family automobile. Cut to some people fucking in a mirror shot that uh, is pretty artful. Yeah, it's way more artful than it has any right to be. Yeah. Uh, it's really cute. Yeah. Uh, you know, way more artful than things involving Mumper would be yeah. expected. Ten, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he and Esme seem to be getting along like gangbusters. Yeah. So it seems like they'll have another kid to run around soon. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, score one for arranged marriages. Yeah. Uh, one of the, <laughs> one of their boys yells that Katie did a wee in their bed. <laughs> And John and Esme laugh. Yeah, they're awesome. Like, yeah. as being parents goes, like, kids are going to wee on things. They yeah. just are. You, that's, they can't, you can't help it. They literally can't, can't help it. You can't fucking every time your kid wees somewhere. <laughs> that's right. Like, priorities, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, then Killian barges in. He also rules. <laughs> he does. And he tells them that he's frequently told him to keep the door locked. <laughs> well, because John pulls a gun, like, as he opens the door, which right. makes sense. They're, uh, hardened criminals. <laughs> and people could be coming to kill them at any time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Killian deadpans that we're doing it today. Esme, Esme points out that Mumper is doing her today. Esme is like my new favorite. Yeah. She's everything Ada wishes Ada was. <laughs> and Kelly, and Killian says to be sure he's done her by nine. <laughs> that's just, you know, that's a good, uh, directive for anybody. Yeah. We cut to Paul, uh, praying in the family kitchen for the day to pass well and that only non-Shelby's get hurt, <laughs> uh, specifically asking the Lord to look after the brothers and kind of giving it a, you know, 
a blow by blow for each one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of ending saying that uh, Killian does what he does for the family. She thinks <laughs> right. uh, Killian yes. has walked in behind her. It's some solid praying overall. I it's felt. a really good prayer. It yeah. almost makes me be like, you could pray. Yeah, you could totally pray. Uh, MC Hammer style. <laughs> but uh, Paul has noted that Killian has walked behind her and she says she used to say that prayer every day during the war. And Killian tells her that after today, she'll never need to do it again. They'll be set. Yep. Which, yeah, no, I think that's the second season is just going to be like the Shelby's going like family vacations. Yeah, like going to the fair. Yeah. Uh, eating things. Yeah. Uh, drinking stuff. Esme will have a baby. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be great. super. Uh, he then tells her family meeting half 10, which is our theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get Peaky Blinders. Yeah. It's great. It is. Manly. <laughs> right. Uh, so Sam Neill is down at the Laundro brothel. <laughs> And a woman comes in and apologizes for keeping him waiting uh, and points out as well that it's very early. Yeah. Uh, but Sam Neill says that he has not slept. And the woman says that's fine. Mr. Zhang says he is a special customer. And she invites him to sit and takes his boots off as uh, Grace's theme kicks Which in Which is here. a weird theme to kick in right now. Well, except when you think about Sam Neill. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sam Neill, by the way... This- not a natural in this situation no like he looks like he has never had an orgasm yeah like ever you know he's a terrible tipper too oh my god like ugh. here's a tuppence <laughs> for your time yeah and then actually we do cut to grace sitting up in bed suddenly as if there's been a great disturbance in the force <laughs> like right. you don't like that guy we don't like you <laughs> who cares yeah it's weird so the woman, the prostitute, tells Sam Neill they can clean and press his shirt while they have sex. And he says, it's a very efficient service. And I'm like, yeah, it yeah, is. No, this that's... is a great laundro brothel. Yeah. Like, more places should use this model. Yeah. Like, the way to, like, you know, synergize. Yeah. Well, and you know what's weird is I had no idea. Um, oh, her name is Chin, by the way. Mm, right. The only reason we know that is from the subtitles, mm-hmm. incidentally, mm-hmm. which I think is annoying. Like, if you're going to go to all the trouble to have that character have a name, like, have somebody say it at some point. I agree. Anyway, um, so she is nailing it mm-hmm. in terms of having been suddenly drafted into service for this very annoying thing. Yeah. Um, you know, she tries to, like, make him more comfortable by telling him that lots of older men come to them after losing their wives. Uh, bad move, lady. <laughs> Sam Neill's like, I'm not old. And she tries to, like, recover by saying, oh, no, no, I'm just really young. Right. Like, to me, you're old. But, like, yeah. it's, you know. Yeah. She's in that woman playing this role is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of these people yeah. in the second series. Yeah. Like, that would be really awesome. Because they're clearly a linchpin of the local economy. Right. And I had no idea it was a brothel. Yeah. Until no, now. Agreed. Which I guess makes it, it, sense since there were ladies, you know, nursing babies just like around. I suppose but, that's true. But yeah, it was a surprise to me as well. So she unbuttons her robe that she's wearing and says she'll make him young as well. Uh, we cut to Grace buttoning her blouse. And I'm like, you're not in this, Johnny Burns. Yeah. Like, stop it. Nobody cares about Grace. Uh, the woman then straddles, uh, Sam Neill. And this is like this whole, it's this whole montage, which yeah. isn't super effective. Like, it's fine. Yeah, it's not terrible, but it... But so we see Grace walking up to Exposition Museum, 
And we cut back to Sam Neill. Grace is approaching <gasps> Sergeant Moss. What? And he, I have to say, he looks even more out of place here than Sam Neill does. I know. Like, and he I'm looks just like, like he's, he looks like he came there to arrest a statue. I totally see what Sam Neill thought he was doing. But like, newsflash Sam Neill, this tactic isn't going to work. <laughs> like, you're not the right gender for this to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, it could work, but just like, sending a proxy is almost never a good idea when you're trying to put the screws to somebody yeah. that has broken your heart. Yeah. Um, so Moss hands Grace a note and calls her a whore, and I'm like, stay classy, Moss. Yeah. Also, it was her job. <laughs> well, I know. She was as much as I hate Grace, clearly. her literal entire job was to fuck Killian. Yeah. And she did that. She was given clear instructions. And we all know that it can be difficult for spies in the field to not like, you know, where is the line between what you want to do and your mission? Right. So anyway, screw you. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, Sam Neill reads the note in voiceover as we see him fucking the other woman. Oh, this is where we find out her name is Chin. Yeah. Uh, She is not happy. And he is fucking her, like, in front of this mirror, and there's, like, blood smeared on the mirror. And, yeah. And, like, it's unclear how that happened. Right. But I'm like, yeah. this is not great. Yeah. Like, way to abuse the person who is fucking you. It just, it makes me really angry. Yeah. I'm yeah. always very, like, on the side of sex workers not having this shit kicked out of them. Yeah. So Sam Neill blabs that he knows that Grace fucked their sworn anime and has squandered her birthright. And he is desolated. And I'm pretty sure he learned how to write letters from Amy March. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. Like, it you is want so some, ridiculous. You want some pickled limes with your sour grapes, asshole? Yeah. And also, we see Grace being all upset as she reads this. I'm, what do you care? No, You like, hate that guy. Yeah. Remember how he accidentally proposed to you? Right. He's a creepy know. old dude that you've never liked. What's the problem? I don't know. She's being really dumb. No. Um. Anyway, after Samuel has finished, Chin gets up and very quickly puts her robe back on and is visibly upset. Mm-hmm. Sam Neil realizes that her mouth is bleeding and that he is the one who caused it to bleed. Right, which he, he seems to have not. No, had and he any, seems yeah. like genuinely apologetic. Yeah, but like whatever happened, she's really shaken by because she's like, "It's all right. You're a special customer." You know, she knows what her job is. Yeah. And then she asks if she'll sit with him a while. And she's like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Not doing that. Yeah. That is not on the menu. The blinders all roll into the laundry brothel. And uh, they all look super sharp. They're, uh, it's the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you want to look good when you're going to uh, kill Billy Kimball. <laughs> right. And they encounter Chin and Zhang, who are having a heated conversation. Zhang then breaks away. Killian says that they're there for the suits. And Jean asks if Killian wants to hear something funny. I also, I feel like this is like a very good brothel in terms of like employee practices. Mm-hmm. Because Chin does not like, ha- like she goes immediately from the suite mm-hmm. down to be like, what the fuck, Zhang? Yeah. That is not what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is also up. Like he's not. Right, right. Well, and clearly we'll see what happens next because he goes outside the law. <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, he's like, uh, Zhang asks if Killian wants to hear something funny. He's like, I heard it on Leno. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, it wasn't funny. Killian waits. But then Zhang is like, uh, I believe I was expecting a bribe for this he's information. Like, I'm Chinese, uh, <laughs> not whatever the fuck you guys are. Like, this is an economy of information here, asshole. Right. So Killian puts the money down and then Zhang whispers to him. 
Sam Neill puts his coat back on as Killian enters the room. Sam Neill says that he's unarmed. Killian says he thought Sam Neill was there to clean up the city, not sleep with its whores, which moderate burn. Eh, well, I mean, it does, you know, for all Sam Neill's talk, this is a yeah, compromising position. Uh, Killian says to get out of Birmingham since he's got the guns that he came for. Sam Neill says he has a meeting with Winston Churchill uh, about the guns that he'll be getting, a you know, an old <laughs> slap on the ass for finding them. <laughs> Killian still doesn't have any idea how he found the guns, which I'm like, how stupid are you? Well, like they do a good job later talking about how he was like blinded by love, but I'm like, right. We've all been blinded by love, but like, that's fine. But just be like, oh, I know she's a spy and I don't care. Right. Like, yeah. And blinded by love of grace. Come on. Like, look at her nose. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Also that, I think I may have said this before, but that actress's Twitter is so boring. (laughs) Like, it is the dumbest Twitter. Annabelle Wallace, that's her name. Because okay. I follow her on the Peaky Blinders Twitter account. Sure. Uh, which is at Family Meeting PB. Oh, in yeah. In case you care. Good call. Uh, in case you want to follow us. Although we have a whole season left. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like just, uh, it's so boring. And yeah. like she like tweeted that and she's like, oh, I love this band. Thanks for introducing it to me. Hashtag Killian Murphy. Because <laughs> Killian Murphy is not on Twitter. Mm. Anyway. Samuel says, you and I are different, but we're also the same. And I'm like, this is, oh my God. Yeah. Did you, when did you compose this one? <laughs> Way to try out that hoary old chestnut. But he yeah. says they hate people and people hate them and the people also fear them. Uh, he then declares that before the day is out, Killian's heart will be broken. Sam Neill says that men like them are always alone. Killian reminds Sam Neill that he has his family who... Like, not to be a dick killing, but you did just in the previous episode say how much your family hates you. Well. I mean, and I understand, you know, it's a complicated relationship. Sure. But Sam Neill doesn't care about his family. And Killian does look kind of rattled. Yeah. Like, he he wasn't banking on Sam Neill uh, bringing his A-game. Yeah. He thought that Sam Neill would be, you know, more flustered. Well, and I wonder, knowing what we find out later, if Sam Neill did this deliberately because he knew they would be coming to pick up their suits. Right, right. And that, like... It's 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 a legitimate question. Yeah. I can't really tell. They don't really... They don't really ever explain it, but I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. Dear Steve Knight, I know you're <laughs> listening. <laughs> it's just this and Nick Cave Greatest Hits. Right. Just on a loop, 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Nick Cave's podcast would be like. Uh, <laughs> clang! <laughs> Just for like 45 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. We went to the DeYoung Museum last week. Oh, right. And there was some art by Nick Cave in it. Yeah. We were surprised and delighted. <laughs> yeah. I forget what it was. It was like a weird, like person sized sculpture that was like indigenously inspired yeah uh it was yeah because it was in with a bunch of like indigenous art and i was like why is this nick cave thing here yeah it was although like, i don't know what his like deal is so yeah nor do i uh, you know apart from that voice yeah uh, <laughs> clang <laughs> coming soon the nick cave podcast to baldmovenetwork.com That'd be a big get. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, but I feel like he'd be like really unreliable. No. Like sometimes he wouldn't clang. (laughs) (laughs) Getting all these reviews on iTunes. There was no clang. (laughs) The clang's the best part. (laughs) Ada watches Paul pick up Comrade Baby and observes that Paul is much better with the baby than Ada is. And I'm like, Ada... Everything is much better with everything than you are. Yeah, you're not good at anything. (laughs) You have no skills, and your face is not that cute. (laughs) Sorry, Sophie Rundle. (laughs) Well, yeah. She just thinks it is because she's been around, you know, people that have lived their whole lives on Fire Street. Yeah, that's true. Like, her face isn't covered with soot, so it's like she's a beauty queen. (laughs) Paul says that when she is holding Comrade Baby... Uh, the baby can't smell the milk, so he settles quicker. Which seems true. Uh, I don't know. It's possible. That uh, means you have to hold our baby all the time. <laughs> well, okay. Just it's- FYI, everybody, we're not having a baby. We just are engaged in a long series of hypothetical <laughs> arguments about who's going to do what if we have one. Right. It's enlightening. <laughs> anyway, Paul says that she'll put the baby down because Ada is tired. And Paul says that both of her children were terrors for the tit. Ada says she never knew them, and Paul never talks about them, because she says it breaks her heart just to speak of them. But she has reason to talk about them now. Paul says that her children were three and five, and it was a Sunday, and Paul was at church. A woman told her there, you are not forgiven over some stolen sheets that had been on their uh, on their line with the, like, monogram of the hotel that they were stolen from, or something like that, visible. So the woman reported that to the police, and the police came and also found a uh, still, a uh, spirit still for moonshine and whatnot. And because of that, they took her children away and did not tell her where they took them to, and she will never see them again. Uh, which is horrifying. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that gives you a lot of insight into Aunt Paul and why she is in charge of matters of the heart in this family. Yeah. Like, that that was a, a startling revelation. So, Paul then tells Ada that that is never going to happen to her. She will never lose her child because of what Tommy has done for the family. And he has made them strong so that that sort of thing won't happen again. So, she tells Ada that she needs to forgive Killian. Ada asks how she can do that when he's the reason the terrible hat is in jail. And then Paul says that there's something Ada needs to know about today. Mercury's in retrograde. So, just... <laughs> A guard walks in the jail. He opens Terrible Hat's cell and says it's time to go. Uh, Terrible Hat is freaking out and says he needs to get a message to Inspector Campbell because if he's transferred to Brixton, he'll be killed. The guard ominously says that Terrible Hat won't make it as far as Brixton. But come on, like, we all know what's going to happen here. Well, right, right, because like, of the previous scene. and we, yes. Come the fuck on. <laughs> all right. So cut to Sam Neill and Winston Churchill meeting in a train like they do. Winston Churchill is uh, pretty sure that the Prime Minister was happy about finding the guns, I would hope so, and says that Winston Churchill is going to put Sam Neill's name on the New Year's Honors list. Which is like for knighthood, right? Yeah, okay. it means he'll be knighted. Uh, which, again, England. It's so weird. It is so weird. Oh, by the way, because of England, just going to throw this in here because I'm recommending it to everybody. I just read the book The Royal We oh, right. uh, by the Fug Girls who run Go Fug Yourself. Uh, it's Jessica Morgan and Heather Cox. Mm-hmm. Super recommend if you want to read something that's like kind of like Harry Potter for grownups. I mean, there's no magic, obviously. Right, I was going to say. But there is the monarchy, which is sort <laughs> of the same. Um, but yeah, it's great. So recommend that also for our two-week hiatus. Yes. Get the audiobook. <laughs> 
Winston Churchill wants to know if Grace was involved in that discovery and whether she deserves a commendation. And Sam Neill uh, passes a kidney stone for a second and says, <laughs> yes, and the record should state that. Winston Churchill wants to know what's up with the Peaky Blinders, and Sam Neill says that he thinks they shouldn't arrest the Peaky Blinders in order to keep this whole business out of open court. Winston Churchill is troubled that they will go free, but Sam Neill says, no, no, he has plans for the Peaky Blinders. Gee, and your plans always go so awesome, Sam (laughs) Neill. I feel really solid about your chances. Yeah. At the family meeting, Killian says, this is the day to replace Billy Kimber and become respectable. But first, they have to do the dirty work, the unrespectable work. <laughs> right. They're going to the Worcester races. Am I saying that right? Worcester? I think it's... Ah, shoot. Because they said it right. I think that's... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's worth... It's been five days. Sorry, yeah. guys. We normally... <laughs> I had a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Kimber will think that they're there to bust up the Lees, as is their agreed uh, statement, but because of what John and Esme have done... Mm-hmm. Uh, by which he means bow chicka wow wow (laughs) they will actually fight against kimber's men alongside the lease and then killian says he will deal with kimber himself he wants to know if there's any questions paul says she wants to welcome a new member it's comrade baby (laughs) uh guess what it turns out his name is Carl because, of course, like, Ooh. his name is actually the translation of Comrade Baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I had forgotten that that was his name. I also had forgotten that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Killian wants to know if he's forgiven, and Ada says that if what Paul said is true, yes. Although, there's nothing to forgive in this case because he didn't put him in jail. Right. I feel like that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, Ada would never, like, admit that anyway. Yeah. So cut to a wagon where the guard is cutting Terrible Hat loose, explaining that the Peaky Blinders talked him into doing so. Uh, and by which he means threatened to blind him, and he said, I would definitely prefer to not be blind. Right. What's the not blinding option? Yeah. I'll, ch- I'll take it. Uh, and then we get blues rock music, and it's like, like super, they're like, listen, we gotta go take over the races today, but first we have to walk through that puddle that makes us all look awesome. Yeah. So they do. <laughs> yeah, the Beeham puddle. <laughs> right. It's always there. Uh, yeah, and the city is very much on fire in oh, this yeah. shot. They, they pulled out all the stops. They're like, hey, all our fire machines, let's, let's turn them all loose. It's the last one of the season, everybody. Yeah. So we then see the paddy wagon, that terrible hat was in pulling up to another wagon uh which reveals a previously concealed danny Whizbang shooting the last stolen machine gun the one that was missing when they found all the other guns buried in danny Whizbang's grave right uh there's still got the one and it's uh, a pretty impressive piece of armament mm-hmm. uh so then terrible hat uh punches the guard that set him free to make it look like he wasn't involved the guard that is at the garrison, Killian gives everyone a pint and a chaser and says, that's it. No more alcohol than that. Grace is reminding him to take all of his stuff to the track, and he says she's done well. And he says he'll make sure she's at the next family meeting. Uh, she demurs that she is not family. Mm-hmm. And he says that could change and then teases her about what they'd be like if they were married with her sort of, you know, carping at him about you know what time do you think this is and like it's so adorable that it destroyed my soul yeah like he's so cute he is uh grace doesn't respond and again i'm like how are you not registering her obvious like not being into this narrative yeah she says the barrel needs changing and killian goes after her and is like wait a second and uh he finds her crying in the snug yeah. And he's like, uh, I was joking. You don't have to yell at me. <laughs> right. 
Um, but John comes in and says that they need more mild, but then Killian says to help themselves, uh, which is the opposite of what he said before. Like Killian, right. I like, know you trust these people to do your fighting and your killing, yeah. but don't trust them around your booze. No. Like if, if you had reason, as I'm sure you did, to think that these people would get blind drunk, then don't let them. Yeah. Grace says that she'll be gone when he gets back and he starts in on, you know, I'm going respectable. Why don't you believe me, baby? <laughs> I baby. can change. I can change. <laughs> Grace then says that she's done something terrible to him, which I'm like, you could have just not said anything. Yeah. How about not saying that? Yeah. How about I'm leaving for no reason? Yeah. I am just leaving because I'm a bitch. Like, could you right. not just leave it there? Yeah. Or just, you know what? Just ghost. Yeah. I think when you've betrayed a criminal. Yeah. I was talking to somebody last night and he was like, oh, I think I got broken up with. And I was like, what do you mean you think you got broken up with? He's like, oh, there's this thing called ghosting. And I'm like, that's always existed. Like, <laughs> yeah. People, it's not new. Right. Like I ghosted on a lot of people in my youth. <laughs> um, anyway, Jeremiah comes in with Arthur and says that there's two vans full of Kimber men heading straight for Beham. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, something terrible indeed, Grace. Yeah. You bitch. Yeah. Like, I'm what? not thrilled with her. I don't understand what on earth her motivation was. Here. Yeah, exactly. Because Why would she do if this? She, if she didn't want him to be harmed in any way, why would she... Inf- and I am presuming she informed on him, you know, before... Like, whatever the timing was, it was after... She had, like, resigned. You know what I mean? Right. I think. Well. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, she knew the day. And she knew that for a while. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, why tell him he's going to put two and two together? Well, right. After the fact. Yeah. Like, do you want him to kill you? Right. Because you seem to. Yeah. That seems to be your motivation here, you weirdo. Back home, Killian tells Ada to take Comrade Baby to the bullring where there's lots of people. Killian says that they've been betrayed and Kimber's men are on their way. Paul says they can handle them, but Killian says no because all the Lees are already on their way to Worcester and they're outnumbered. Paul wants to know who it was that he told about the date that this was planned for, uh, and Killian is upset. Yeah. Uh, Paul realizes that Killian was blinded by love for Grace and says that she will deal with Grace because Killian might kill her. Yeah. So we cut to Grace leaving the garrison in yet another of her awful outfits. She's like, do 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 just heading home. I finished betraying my gangster boyfriend, telling about yeah, it. Yeah, and she's not, not even, just time she's to... not even in a hurry. Right. She's not even like trying to leave. Right. Basically. I think I'll take a leisurely stroll, possibly Past an abandoned stretch of the canal. Perhaps I'll sing one more song. (laughs) I know nobody's here, but it'll be for me. I I better leave before they realize I've stolen all the spittoons. (laughs) When Irish eyes are spitting. Anyway, Paul shows up and says that Grace is leaving for good. And Grace says that there's about to be trouble. And Paul says instinct is a funny thing. Guys, this might be the best seas, like scene in the whole show. Yeah. This is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you all already watched it, but oh my God, wasn't it so good? Right? Um, she says, instinct's a funny thing, and usually she can tell about a person. And Grace is still trying to, like, play it cool and says they should bounce before the fighting starts. And I'm like, the fighting's not going to start until Paul says so. <laughs> 
Paul says that, you know, the blinders know who she is and, uh, obviously Killian does. Paul says that she wanted to hear it from Grace's own lips. Paul then threateningly pulls a hat pin from her head. I'm like, why are you having a hat pin in when you're not wearing a hat? I mean, I know it's a weapon. Sure. But I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, anyway, she says that she knows that Grace fell for Killian for real. Grace then pulls her gun. And I'm like, Grace, your gun can't solve every problem. <laughs> and she says that uh, Paul says she'll fight with her fit. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Grace pulls her gun and says she's an agent of the crown and has the power to arrest and use force. And I'm like, do you still? Right. Didn't you resign? I thought you quit. Paul says that she's not afraid of Grace, uh, but she does feel sorry for her. Paul starts dressing her down, calling her a rich girl who thinks Fenians and communists and low people are all scum. And Grace puts her gun down and says she'll fight with her fist because she's from a tough family, too. And oh, I'm like, yeah. no, you're not. You're not. Does your family sew razor blades into their hats? Right. And blind people on the regs? Yeah. No. Like, shut the fuck up. You were from a family that lived near some poor people. Yeah. That's it. Like, you're from a kind of family like your family and my family. Right, exactly. We're like, we're fine, but, like, we are not going to help you in a fight. <laughs> right. Like, we wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah. We're like, like, oh, we were, like, the intellectuals of the neighborhood. Yeah. Our whole plan was to not get involved in any fights, and it's yeah. been going great. Paul says not to bother and to pour them both a drink because women have more sense. And she uh, puts the hairpin back in her hair. Mm-hmm. Paul wants to know if Grace fell for Killian. Grace says yes, because she's the worst spy. Right. She just has no... Why does she feel the need to answer every question honestly? I don't know. Because she seems to. Grace says that she thinks Killian will kill her, but Paul says he's too soft, (laughs) uh, which is true. Yeah. Grace wants to know what Killian was like before France. Paul says he laughed a lot and wanted to work with horses and like... I'm just dying inside. Yeah. It's so horrible. Yeah. This plus the wind that shakes the barley. Like if you didn't already have like a tearful boner for (laughs) Killian Murphy, like this will rectify that situation for you. Uh, Grace says she knows that Killian won medals, but Paul reminds her that Killian threw his medals in the cut because he doesn't give a fuck about medals. That's right. Uh, Paul says Killian might take her back and forgive her and take her in, but Paul will never forgive except or take Grace in. Yeah. And Paul runs the heart of the family. And if Grace isn't out of the city tomorrow, Paul will kill her herself. And it's amazing. Just the, cause she, you know, she lulls mm-hmm. her into this false sense of security. And then is like, by the way, I will fucking murder you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it is threatening when Killian or Mumper or Arthur threaten somebody. But when Paul does it, your blood runs cold. Yeah. Because especially knowing what you know about her children being taken from her, yeah. she gives zero fucks about anyone that isn't in her family. Mm-hmm. It's like how I don't trust anyone who's not from Cincinnati. <laughs> like, even you. I understand. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know what it was like. <laughs> uh, Paul tells her to leave, and it is awesome. Uh, and then Grace tries to get in the last word. Right. And says, maybe what really upsets you is the thought that you might lose him. And it's like, nice try, Grace. Yeah. Like, Paul does not care about that. Yeah. No, and he, like... Like, dismissive jerking off motion, Grace. No, Grace, I don't know what fantasy you ever, like, you had going for yourself, but that guy is never gonna, like, leave his family for you. Yeah. Like, like that was, like, the whole point was absorbing you into it. Yeah. Like, his family is, like, a real thing with rules and a uniform uh-huh. and, like, everything. Yeah, and haircuts. Right. 
not just your single distant father that's still living in Dublin, I assume. He's dead. No, right. They're both dead, right? I don't know what happened to her mom. Okay. I always assumed that her like mom and like an annoying brother were still around. Yeah, I always assumed she had like one family member that she didn't like that was still hanging out in Ireland. Yeah. That's I don't know why. I don't know either. Yeah. You know, maybe when they uh, you know, publish a book, you know, <laughs> the inside story on Peaky Blinders. They'll get her whole backstory. Or the prequel series. It's just Grace. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awful. That would have so much singing and be a sitcom. <laughs> I like that plan. Sometimes you wanna go where you tell everyone you're a spy. And you take long saying goodbye. Right? She's Irish. Yeah. Where's her Irish goodbye here? <laughs> That's right. Anyway. You want to be where you can see <laughs> Sam Neill's kind of lay. <laughs> For real. Back at uh, the garrison, I think, Mumper says that the coppers are letting Kimber's men through, but their own police are nowhere to be found. Uh-oh. Yeah. Killian says that it was the police who tipped off Kimber in the first place. Mumper wants to know who told the police, and Killian says, you know what? It was me. Yeah. Yeah. Killian says that all of them were in the war, and they all know the battle plans always change. They're going to have to fight at home and keep Kimber's men from breaking them up. They says that they're outnumbered three to one, but they're the small Heath rifles, and they've never lost a fight yet. I am skeptical, but... (laughs) You know what, guys? They all have PTSD. You tell yourselves what you got to tell yourself. I think just before a gunfight is not the time for skepticism. Probably not. Yeah. It's probably like, you know, like when the American armed forces are going places. <laughs> you don't want to be like, uh, listen, guys, you know, we don't want another Vietnam or Korea. <laughs> like, we still don't really know how those played out. So. Like, we kind of got, we're kind of on a losing streak here. Don't tell anybody, but. Yeah, we are. Mm. That was literally not what I was taught in high school, incidentally. No, I know. I was literally taught that we won Vietnam and Korea. I, we, you know, which is insane. It's fairly insane. Like, yes. Is there still, uh, you know, North Korea? There is, in fact, it's and, right there. Uh, who took over Vietnam? Uh, it was the communists. Well, they're, they're still running it. Thanks a lot, Mister Gehrig. <laughs> Killian tells Jeremiah that he knows he swore an oath to God to never pick up a weapon again after the war, but he's wondering if they can, if he can help them out. And Jeremiah says that's fine because God don't deal with small heath, which I think is awesome. Yeah, like, I kind of like God being like everybody gets one. Yeah, like you know, it's like how I really like Rosemary's Baby, but I won't watch the rest of Roman Polanski's <laughs> movies. Right there, yeah. you go. Killian tells Curly that if any Shelby, that if any Shelby man is killed, to bury them side by side. I'm like, what if Curly gets killed? Right, I know. Then was, who's going to do it? That was my same thought. Yeah, you're lucky. Well, hey, that's weird. Where's Esme going to go then when Esme dies? <laughs> uh, Moss goes in to tell Sam Neill that Kimber's men are coming into the city for a gang fight. And Sam Neill says he doesn't want any officers interfering. And Moss is like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is exactly our job. Right. And Sam Neill says it's dog ate dog and well peck the bones. And Moss is not pleased at this development. Nor no. should he be. Nor should he be. He comes off pretty sympathetic in this. Yeah. Uh, Despite coming off really unsympathetic with regards to Grace. Yeah. Yeah. At the garrison, Killian pours a drink, and Harry asks if Grace is gone. Harry says that Killian is not accustomed to not getting what he wants. He wanted Harry's pub, and he took it. Killian's like, yes, I know. <laughs> Killian says that Harry got a fair price, and Harry says what he got was an ultimatum. 
But Harry says that nonetheless, everyone wants the blinders to win this upcoming fight, because while they are bad men, they're their bad men. Harry asks if Killian will look for Grace. Killian says that she is in the past, and he doesn't care about the past or the future, only the present, because that's how it is in a battle. He says, all you get is the soldier's minute, he says, Mm -hmm. and that's it. It's a really good monologue. It is. And unlike Sam Neill's monologues, it's actually effective. Yes. And he didn't obviously stay up until three in the morning how he might lecture this poor sap of a barkeep right. about, you know, this shit that has been handed to him in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he didn't get, you know, he didn't get extensive composition training in some second rate public school like Sam Neill That's did. That's true. Run! <laughs> Run in the corridor! <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Finn is running down the street. <laughs> Uh, Harry asks if Killian didn't get enough minutes in France, soldiers' minutes, and Killian says, well, it seems not. Which is a great answer. Yeah. It's not, it's really not pat or glib. He's just like, yeah, I guess not. Like, I wanted to keep uh, putting myself in mortal danger. Yeah. So, good news then. Finn runs in and tells Killian that the Kimbers are there. Killian walks out to mid-tempo boogie rock music, which may be the only tempo boogie rock music we haven't heard. Yeah. As Kimber and his men approach, uh, the city is only moderately on fire. Right. As Kimber tells his boys to load up, Mumper awesomely yells, all guns and no bulls, right, Billy boy? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> but Arthur tells Killian to give the order for what to do now. They're with him, whatever he says. And it's really kind of inspiring. Yeah. I've never been able to get people to do anything like this. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll say it's bizarre given that they all have been in World War One, and they all therefore know the vital importance of getting behind cover, that nobody on either side, they're all just standing out in the middle of the alley. The, you know, they're like really into Super Smash Brothers on Melee mode, so <laughs> that's kind of more their thing. That makes sense. We just see Paul pacing and fretting back at home. Yeah. Moss tells Sam Neill that the men in Garrison Lane have rifles. Sam Neill says that he doesn't care. Moss says that they've also had reports of machine gun fire. Sam Neill waves him off again and says that it's just some, like, drunk ex-soldier or something. Yeah, because machine guns are just, like, around. Right. That's apparently... That's not why you were dispatched to be him (laughs) in the first place. Moss says that he was overjoyed when Sam Neill arrived, uh, excited to finally end the corruption that had been, you know, the department's thing. Moss says that Sam Neill had said that it was the devil's work to look the other way. But Sam Neill angrily says that he is looking directly at the events of the day, and he likes what he sees. Ooh. Yeah. Killian says to Kimber's men that they don't have to fight, but Kimber says that it's too late. Killian bit off more than he can chew, and now Kimber's going to take over Beham. Killian says if they have to use guns, let's use proper guns. <laughs> okay, and this is actually awesome. This almost makes up for Terrible Hat being in this show. <laughs> yeah. Because Terrible Hat comes out with Danny Wisbang with one of the Lewis machine guns, and Terrible Hat says, you know, Sergeant Freddie Thorne reporting for duty. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I can see how maybe you guys used to have fun sometimes. <laughs> right. The first glimpse. Yeah. So then there's this huge standoff, and suddenly fucking Ada... <laughs> Fucking Ada. Fucking Ada <laughs> shows up with her pram. Terrible Hat w- wants to know what she's doing, and Ada says, All right, you all know this is no man's land. She says, All the men were in France, so they know how it goes. And, uh, you know, she and all of their other women will be in mourning long after they're dead. Kimber says they're right. They don't all have to die, uh, just the ones who've caused it. 
Oh, and also she says she's not going to move. Right. From she's staying that there spot. and then tells them all to think about the women that they have left behind. Um, so I'm not clear if like it's Kimber shooting or somebody else, but there's a shot goes off. And I think what happens is Killian gets shot and then Danny Wisbang like loses his mind mm-hmm. and also gets shot. Yeah. Uh, but he's killed like immediately. Yeah. And then Killian just shoots Billy Kimber in the head. Yeah. And tells everybody to go home and then it's over. Yeah. And Which it, I'm well, like, why didn't you just do this in the first place? Well, right. But and it's just everybody, all the, the, you know, Kimbers or whatever, the yeah. Kimbingtons, they are all like, uh, they clearly... No, it's a very unusual ending. Like, yeah. it was built up so much. Yeah. Like, they walked through that puddle. Yeah, they did. All for this? Uh, Killian tells Scudboat and Curly to pick up Danny Wisbang. Ada and Freddie make out. Gross. Yeah. Gross. 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 <laughs> Gross. And so it's like, man, what's, uh, what's Roberts going to do about all this? I know. I hope that, that he gets hired on by the blinders. I oh, really yeah. liked him a lot. Well, no. Grace is out of the question as an accountant now. Yeah, that's true. Roberts never betrayed anybody that we know of. Yeah. He's just like nebbish. Yeah. But I do. I mean, I, it's, it's just weird that all those people like leave. I mean, I get it. But, like, shouldn't there be somebody who would be the natural second-in-command in in that situation? Oh, yeah, good point. But uh, apparently not. Anyway, that's... Steve Knight cares not for your logistical concerns, (laughs) Tom. Clearly not, and that's fine. We see Sam Neill sitting at his desk. Grace walks in, and she says she wants to ask him one question. Once and for all, what is the deal with your accent? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I can't control it. (laughs) It's like how Stephen Hawking uses that machine to talk. <laughs> now, her actual question is that she wants to know what Sam Neill said to Killian that caused him to know who she is. And Sam Neill repeats his line to Killian about Killian's heart being broken before the day was out. Also, uh, she was the only person that he told about it. So right, wouldn't so he gonna... have figured it out even without your pithy little epigram? Most likely, yeah. But, uh, so Sam Neill says that now Grace has broken two hearts. Uh, and she says that she has also broken her own. Boo! Get out of here, Grace! Yeah. Disappear in a puff of smoke. Nobody likes you. <laughs> right. Killian is shown screaming yeah. as Jeremiah removes the bullet from his chest. Jeremiah is very happy and says he still has the knack. So he was some sort of field surgeon during the war. Or at yeah. least, you know, a makeshift one, right. if not the official. Right, right. Uh, Arthur gives Killian a drink and then pours alcohol on the wound and Killian screams some more. Yeah. Uh, but then everybody gathers around Danny Wisbang's actual body and discusses that now they can bury him properly in his grave. But, like, I feel really bad for Danny Wisbang. I know, me too. Like, it's not right that he's the one that died. I know. Like, what about Terrible Hat? Yeah. Killian says to Danny Wisbang, may we all die twice. Although, God, we'd have to deal with Ada's reaction to that forever. Well, yeah, that's anyway. true. <laughs> uh, but, hey, that is an actual Irish toast. That, you're that right. That is a legit... Clever Irish toast. Yeah. Fuck you, Grace. That's right. Well played, Killian. Uh, Killian says the day is theirs. Let's celebrate. Everybody files out of the snug, which is where they're keeping Danny Wisbeg's body until they can put it in his grave. Right. Sam Neill is working late into the night, and Moss comes in. Sam Neill asks who's won, and Moss says that Billy Kimber's been found dead, so looks like it was the Blonders that won. Oh, and by the way, Freddie Thorne escaped. 
Moss says that they could make some arrests, but there were no witnesses to anything since all the cops have been pulled away. So looks like the Shelbys will get away with murder. Again. Yeah. Says some things never change, eh, sir? And Sam Neill's like, it's like the gift of the Magi. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it's... It's really satisfying to see Samuel get his ass handed to him. Yeah. So everybody is celebrating and toasting to Shelby Limited and Killian loads, except for Killian, who's still working. <laughs> yeah. He loads Danny Wisbang's body onto a truck and says uh, that they will not be finding work for his sons. They should find ordinary work like ordinary men in accordance with Danny Wisbang's last witches, wishes, which turned out to be his second to last wishes. <laughs> right. But yeah. Uh, and then Killian stares sadly at the low burning street. Right. It's just on warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Neill sits in his office and then stands up and makes a phone call to Mr. Churchill. He has made a decision about his future. Yeah. Also, you can sit down when you're talking to Winston Churchill yeah, on the phone. Yeah, and also, Winston tell. Churchill doesn't give a shit about your future. Talk to his secretary. <laughs> right. Winston Churchill is like, great, I'd already forgotten about you. Yeah. Killian goes to Grace's room, uh, and she's there. Right. Like a dingbat. Yeah. Like, she's really pushing her luck on Paul killing her. Right, for real. Uh, Killian says everyone's leaving town. She wants to know what she can say. She says she could tell him who she is, but he thinks he already knows. Mm -hmm. She says it's just circumstance and uniform. And he says one day he'll throw his gun into the canal. And then she says... Then she says, here it comes, Tommy. I love you. And then he says, and there it goes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. Yeah. Like, we all wish we could be this cool to some asshat who broke our hearts. That's like Han Solo saying, I know levels of awesomeness. Uh, Yeah. That's like... The complete opposite end of the spectrum. Right. But... No, and because she is such a bitch about it. Yeah. Like, building it up like, oh, it's so great that I love you. Right. Like, your love is worth worse than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Your love compromised everything. It is only because he is as nimble as a jungle cat. (laughs) That's right. That everything turned out okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Killian says that he they can say they love each other as much as they like, but there's no chance. Grace says she'll be in London in one week at an address that she puts into his hand. He should finish his business and join her there. She has an idea. And I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. Run in the opposite direction of London, which <laughs> is probably just staying where you are. Right. Killian comes into the garrison and tells Paul to get out the bottle of champagne that Grace had bought. Killian says that it was a good day. It couldn't have gone better if they'd planned it. And Shelby Brothers Limited are now the third largest legal gambling operation in the country behind only the Solomons and the Sabinis. Which is exciting. Yeah. And uh, and all his family is there to celebrate. Yeah, nobody died. That's right. Uh, Killian toasts and then hangs his head in front of Paul. And she says that there will be others. So he toasts to the others. Uh, I would also like to take this moment to point out, I do not understand how betting pitches work. No. Like, and how they're legal, but also defended and obtained through gun violence. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, you know. So if, if anybody out there has some... If you have a betting pitch, (laughs) we want to hear your story and the story of the people that you apparently killed to get it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the other question I remember writing down this time, uh, they refer to somebody as being, uh, from the parish, I think, Grace. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm just wondering if any of you in England have an idea of what that means in that context. Because it it felt like a very specific thing, like parish was capitalized in the in the oh, subtitles. I missed that. Yeah, and I was like, is that a specific like part of Birmingham? Is it a thing that people in England would understand that meaning? So yeah. just curious if anybody's heard that. 
Music kicks in as Killian sits down in his office to type a letter. It is Jack White, Love is Blindness, but again, no version of Love is Blindness that I have ever heard. Right. He tells Grace that he learned long ago to hate his enemies, but he's never loved one before. He's worked hard to get where he is, but he has responsibilities in Beham. He says that before the war, he used to make decisions with a coin toss, and Paul tells him that Grace fell in love for real, and Polly is never wrong about matters of the heart. Mm-hmm. He says he'll give her his decision for th- in three days uh, because Grace has proposed that they go to America together. Mm-hmm. And he is basically, he feels torn between the opportunity to escape this life and the opportunity to be in a great position in this life. Right, right. Um, so then we cut to Grace at the train station waiting. Somebody walks up and it's Sam Neill walking up with a gun drawn. What? Uh, there's a gunshot and a blackout. Uh, <laughs> end credits, guys. Yeah, like whoa that's it yeah that is the whole enchilada that's right oh man and i remember the first time that we saw that oh my god like just no it's so insane yeah like you never would have seen that coming right and it's it's like wow like the sam the sam neil crazy like is finally boiled over i don't know and it's like oh my god like if she's dead that's so fucking ballsy yeah that's incredibly ballsy yeah yeah but of course it is a cliffhanger Yes. That we're so left in two weeks, we will, uh, you know, climb or jump off of that cliff. Yeah. However you resolve a cliffhanger. Yeah. Like possibly offering a helping hand to the hanging person. Yeah. I don't know. It's unclear. Yeah. I think I need to watch K2 again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for Family Meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast mm-hmm. in uh, Series 1. We'll be back in two weeks with Series 2. Uh, and we're excited. We series are. Series two is a lot of fun. It is. Series two, I think, is more fun than series one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I. Series one is almost just like a lot of table setting. And then like you get into some real crazy shit in series two. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we're really looking forward to going through it with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see you in two weeks. By order of the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> <laughs>